We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures, visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, Jorge, what do you think is the most impressive thing humanity has ever built? Hmm, that's a pretty good question. Let me think about it for a second. Uh, I I think I would have to say probably the most impressive human achievement is the refrigerator. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> the we use it every day. I couldn't live without without it. It's pretty awesome. That's a cool answer. Uh, I was sort of thinking uh, things like you know the Great Wall or the Golden Gate Bridge or the Burj Khalifa. You know, stuff that would inspire awe. You know, things that like last for generations. Mm. Well, you know, there is stuff in my fridge that's been there for generations. <laughs> I don't know. I look at these projects sometimes and I think. You know, humanity can really accomplish great things when we work together. It's really sort of impressive what we can pull off when we when we all work together. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I once ate everything in my fridge all by myself. I mean, I, I didn't need the rest of humanity for that. <laughs> yeah, well, you can accomplish great things by yourself, but it w- makes me wonder sometimes, like, what future humans will build. Like, what are the great, what's the great wall of the 21st century? You know, what, what kind of achievements will we, what kind of monuments will we leave behind for future humans? The great refrigerator of China. <laughs> That's right. A huge refrigerator in space. That you can see from space. <laughs> that you can see from space that it needs to be cleaned. Hi, I'm Jorge. I'm the cartoonist behind the comic strip Piled Higher and Deeper, or PhD Comics. And I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, 
and I smash protons together at the Large Hadron Collider to try to figure out what the universe is made out of. And together we wrote a book called We Have No Idea, which explores all the things we don't know about the universe. And right now you're listening to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we try to mix accessible science with a huge quantity of low-quality jokes. <laughs> What do you mean? Are you saying my jokes are low quality or? <laughs> no, I'm saying we spray a huge number of jokes and our editor just picks out the ones that are best so that our listeners think we're funny. Yeah, our awesome editor. Exactly. Our producer, who we should give a shout out to. <laughs> for sure. Taylor, thank you so much for making us funny. Thank you for making us sound funny. And speaking of yeah. human achievements, today's podcast is all about monumental constructions and accomplishments. What can civilizations do when they get together and build something enormous? Yeah, what can humans, what, what are humans capable of making? Like, what are the limits of our ingenuity and resources and our ability to work together? That's right. Because, you know, there are a lot of problems, right, in the world, like uh, global energy consumption and global warming and... That's right. And some of those are being tackled, right? Like we're developing solar power so that we can get energy just from the sun and not burn fossil fuels and uh, to meet the global energy demands, right? But if you extrapolate mm -hmm. forward and you think like, what is humanity going to need? Our global energy consumption is just increasing. And it seems unlikely, unless we have some cataclysmic uh, event in our civilization, that that's ever going to turn around. Right. So if you project forward, you might wonder, like, how is humanity going to meet its energy needs in the future? If we don't invent some fantastic new form of fusion, right, what can we do to, to rapidly increase the amount of energy we have accessible? And that's the question two of our listeners had. And so they sent us questions via Twitter and via email. That's right. So we owe a shout out to Everton Chin and to Steve Davis for requesting this topic. So today on the podcast, we'll be covering the topic... What is a Dyson Sphere? That's right. Yeah, so the Dyson Sphere, Daniel, um, so this is the idea that, you know, we could maybe um, build something that can really take advantage of all that amazing power that's coming out of the sun, right? That's right. If you think about, like, grabbing solar power and you think, well, we might need a huge amount of it, your first instinct is, like, let's just put a bunch of solar panels in the desert, right? Let's just, like, build mm -hmm. solar panel after solar panel. After all, nobody's really using that land. There's a lot of sun out there, right? But as humanity gets more and more greedy about energy, you might think, like, is there enough room on Earth to put enough solar panels? Right. Is, there, uh, is that true? Like, what if we covered all of the, the Sahara Desert in solar panels? Would that not be enough? I think that would be enough today. Like, actually, I think today all you'd need to do is cover, like, Delaware with solar panels, and you'd have enough energy to power the entire United States, or maybe even the Earth. What? Really? Yeah, exactly. Solar, pa solar power just is pretty... <laughs> You're just ready to I give mean, up Delaware, on Delaware. I mean, Delaware, who needs Delaware? <laughs> <laughs> That's where all those fake companies are set up, aren't they? Um, we probably have listeners in Delaware, so you might want to check with them before you're <laughs> well, giving up their land. they might appreciate uh, the shade, you know? They, they, they might appreciate might being relocated. <laughs> Sorry, um, we have authority here from Jorge Cham, a podcast host. We're going to raise your That's house right. and put solar panels it's down. Eminent, the eminent podcast domain. That's right. Being moved out of Delaware. Well, I just checked the numbers, and it turns out Delaware is actually a bit too small. I think you'd need to add Maryland, too. Hope that's okay with Maryland. 
No, but the the point is that I think today human civilization can survive using energy captured by a pretty small fraction of the Earth's surface. But imagine in the future, wow. right? What if we want to build a huge civilization? What would, we want to construct enormous things. We want to send ships across the stars. We're going to need incredible amounts of energy. And, you know, we're not going to mm-hmm. be able to burn coal to do that. And we're not going to be able to necessarily cover the Earth in solar panels. And so people started thinking big. People started thinking, what's the limit? Like, What's the maximum number of solar solar panels you can make? What's the biggest solar panel you can build? Yes, exactly. And where would you put it? Okay, so this is where the that question of what is the Dyson sphere comes from. Exactly. This is a yep. thought a thought experiment by Freeman Dyson, a famous physicist, to think about what is the biggest solar panel. Is it possible? Could we build one? How would you do it? And uh, could we see if other civilizations are doing it? Wow, that's amazing. All right, so we, as usual, we're wondering how many of you out there actually knew what a Dyson sphere was? Like if someone approached you on the street and asked you, hey, have you seen any Dyson spheres? Or, (laughs) hey, do you know what it is? Or would you contribute $10 towards building a Dyson sphere? Um, So as usual, Daniel went out into the streets and asked people randomly out there if they knew what a Dyson sphere was. Yeah, here's what people had to say. Have you ever heard of a thing called a Dyson sphere? No, I haven't. Okay. I know it in the context of looking for other life on other planets because it's basically like a ring that you can build around a star to harness its light for energy. You look at the light patterns. If something interferes with the patterns in in a certain way, it can lead to the assumption that maybe there's a Dyson sphere around it or something like that. Awesome. No. Okay. No. Yeah, it's this gigantic thing that you put around like a solar system and then you can harness all the energy. Mm-hmm. I heard of it. I don't know what it is. Okay, cool. No, I've no. never heard of it. All right. So pretty much no <laughs> across the board. Well, I would say we got our, our typical set of binary responses, a bunch of no's. I, I got a bunch mm. of weird looks too. People were like, is you making this up? Like, is that a thing <laughs> really? Is this like a test? <laughs> You know, I wonder how many people thought you were talking about the Dyson vacuum cleaner. <laughs> that thing really sucks. Um, that, <laughs> no, I think yeah. I think it was like people thought maybe it was a control question. Like I was making things up. Like, have you ever heard of the you know um, Smith Gabarikabui or whatever? Mm. And because uh, it was like I, a trick question, like yes. to see if you, you if you try to make up some funny things. Yeah, which actually gives me the idea. I should do that, right? We should have a trick question and see if people <laughs> spout off. Um, you know, oh yes, I told I saw a Nova episode about that, and it involves uh, you know oh. electrophons and whatever. What would it be about? Let's see, dark. It should be like dark, a dark black hole. About that. Oh, you know what? That's actually really cool. And people have written in asking whether you can have a black hole made of dark matter. Oh. Which is mm. a really awesome question, which we should talk about in a different episode. Um, but How about in an case, anti-dark matter black hole? A dark matter black hole, yeah. Isn't that a cool idea? An anti-dark matter black hole. Oh, well, we don't know if dark matter has antiparticles. We don't even know if dark matter is made of particles. So we don't know if there is such a thing as anti-dark matter. But we know there is dark matter and we know there are black holes. So Mm. people have this tendency to like ram them together. Anyway. um, But so nobody thought you'd meant the vacuum cleaner? Because, you know, the Dyson vacuum cleaners, they're known for having this like sphere out front that they that you use to uh, pivot and to roll around and and like it twists the head of the vacuum cleaner as you tilt and, and turn. 
Did you get some like check from Dyson Company? Because I didn't get one. I don't understand why you're promoting the Dyson vacuum cleaner. Maybe you're, like, you're going available heavy if you on use this the link. <laughs> if you use the link, Dyson.com/slash explain slash the universe. Jorge got a check. <laughs> <laughs> slash and didn't share it with Daniel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, um, let's break it down for people. Then, what what is a Dyson sphere? So a Dyson sphere is basically the idea of maximal solar panels, right? You want to build solar panels, you cover the Earth. The Earth captures a tiny fraction of the energy from the sun, right? It's, it's like a tiny, tiny fraction, right? Like to, to the sun, the Earth just looks like a little marble way out there in space. Exactly. And so it's, it's barely catching any of its rays. Exactly. So imagine a sphere... And the radius of the sphere is the distance from the Earth to the sun, right? So now imagine a sphere that's basically the size of the Earth's orbit. It's like a ball centered on the sun that reaches all the way to Earth. Exactly. And it's made out of what? Well, I mean, just imagine the sphere for now geometrically and think about what fraction of that sphere is covered by the Earth, right? This is the point you were making before. It's like a tiny dot. Most uh, of the sun's okay. energy just gets radiated out into space, right? It Maybe it hits uh, Jupiter or, or Saturn, but the vast majority, 99.9% of it, just gets shot out into space, right? So the idea mm. is if you really want to go big, if you want to build a huge project, you know, then could you build solar panels that capture a significant fraction or even, dare I say, all of the sun's energy, right? All, wow. Yeah. So you, it's like a giant solar panel that surrounds the sun completely. Yeah, I mean, like, let's do the thought experiment. Let's think as big as possible. How much energy would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how would you do it? And uh, could you tell if other people had done it? And so this is the origin of it. Freeman Dyson thought about this and he wrote a paper about it and he thought, could you build one of these things? And if another civilization around another star had done this, could we tell? And could we use that to find alien civilizations? This is like a legit physics paper? This is a legit physics paper. It was published in Science, (laughs) one of the top journals. And Really? Yeah, and the thing I love about about it is that it's visionary. It's like, what would we do in a thousand years? What would we do in a million years? And could we use those ideas, if we could predict them, could we use those ideas to discover super advanced alien civilizations? Like, let's not look for oh. other civilizations at the same level as us. Let's look for civilizations that are like a million years or a billion years ahead of us and try to anticipate what mm-hmm. they would do and how we would spot them. So I love that kind of visionary thinking. Oh, like if, uh, if you use your imagination wildly, where could humans go? And then that we could maybe see or get evidence of from other civilizations out in, in the universe. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like trying to think of what the grown-ups are doing because we're basically kids. You know, we are pretty new to this whole universe. We've been intelligent for, you know, maybe tens of thousands of years. We've been technological for decades, right? We've been communicating mm-hmm. for, you know, less than that. And so we are brand new on the universe stage. And there right. may be... We're like full of pimples... The voice is cracking. <laughs> We're not even there, man. We're not at puberty. We're growing hair in right? funny places. No, we are still pooping our pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from the civilization point of view, like literally. You know, I mean, literally, we're we are pooping our yeah, pants on Earth here. No, we're filling it with poop. <laughs> we are pooping the bed. That's true. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you might ask, like, what are the grown-ups doing? And the same way, it's hard for kids to anticipate, like, what is an adult life like, and how would you tell what's going on? It might be hard for us to predict 
what super advanced civilizations would do and how they would live and how they would get energy. So that was the idea of Freeman Dyson. Mm. He thought, uh, can we spot other stars being wrapped by their sphere, by these spheres? Wow. So what kind of physicist was he? Oh, he's famous for being really broad. He's, uh, he's done all sorts of physics. I think he even did some chemistry. Um, he did quantum mechanics. He's thought about consciousness. He's one of these modern day, you know, Renaissance men who've like thought about and dabbled wow. in all sorts of different kinds of physics. I wonder if your name affects that, you know, like if you go around with the name Freeman Dyson, is it just the expectation that you, you were this amazing personality? What, the, that you only have that expectation because there's a guy named that who has an amazing... Uh, um, well, that's what I mean. It's like he's got the perfect name to be a Renaissance man. <laughs> no, it's the other direction, man. He was a Renaissance man and now therefore his name is connected with being a Renaissance man. It uh, doesn't work the other way. It's not like you're born. Oh, I see. He's like the original cool guy. <laughs> it's not like, cool and they're like, Galileo, that sounds like you'll be a great scientist. Yeah. No, I think it's the other direction. Mm. Um, but he does have sort of a mystical name. I always thought his name, you know, I always connected his name with like the Freemasons, you know, Freeman Dyson. Mm. It sounds like he's probably the member of a secret society somewhere. Yeah. Like cool people. Who are trying to build, cool names. trying to build mega structures. Even that word is fun to say, right? Mega structures. So he had this idea. He thought, hey... Uh, what could we possibly, what could a few, uh, alien civilization much more advanced than us, what could they possibly be doing that we could maybe detect? Exactly. And he had the idea that maybe they figured out a way to capture all of a sun's energy by building something, basically like wrapping a, up a sun. Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty hard to do. I mean, imagine, as you were saying before, that you had to build something that size, right? Like the radius of it is millions of miles, right? So you're going to construct mm. something that wraps the whole sun at like the distance from the earth to the sun and gra grabs right. all that energy. I mean, the size of it is, is boggling. Like um, the inside of that sphere... Did a few calculations. Inside of that sphere would have the surface area of 550 million Earths. Wow, which sounds doable, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to build something that big. I mean, in order to build something that big, you need stuff, right? You need materials. You need like you know matter. And um, mm. if you were going to build it, you'd need to basically use all of the matter in Jupiter and Saturn and the asteroid belt. You'd use up like all the stuff in the solar system just to build that shell. Like it's just right. barely enough stuff to build a shell all the way around the sun. But why does it need to be the, the radius of where the Earth is? Couldn't you just make it smaller and it'd be more convenient to make? Yeah. Like it's, um, make it the, uh, the radius of uh, what's the Mercury, the closest one? You know, a small sphere around the sun and then just have like a cable running to us to Earth. <laughs> yeah, you have to balance, right? The closer like you get an to extension the extension cord, <laughs> a really long extension cord. The closer you get to the sun, um, the hotter things get and things melt and it's harder to work, you know. So you want to balance there. You don't want you don't want to be like immediately oh. surrounding the sun. You don't want to be really far away because that has to be bigger. Um, it would the, be too intense to build something that close to the sun. Yeah, the other advantage if you built it at the radius of the Earth is then you'd have an awesome livable surface, right? You'd People could live on the inside of that sphere. Like you could put dirt down and plant crops and you'd be, at the, you'd be in the habitable zone, right? You'd be at the right distance from the sun to have the right temperature. Oh, you build it at the radius of this Earth, at where the Earth is, then really it could be like... Um 
sunny Florida all year round. <laughs> exactly. I mean, let's think all around big, the, right? the, the solar system. <laughs> yes. Let's think big. Let's think like, you know, we're going to do this. What would be the best thing to do? Like humanity is going to be huge and have huge amounts of energy. Um, then let's like, let's prepare for the future of humanity and build 550 million times the land of the earth. Mm. The, uh, the amount of energy that this thing would capture is just ridiculous. Like, if you captured all of the energy of the sun every year, there's this number, which is pretty hard to understand. It's 384 yotta watts, right? Watts being a unit of energy. And yotta being. Uh, I think like you mean lotta, lotta watts. <laughs> Whole lot Whole of watts. Of watts. <laughs> exactly. No, it's um, 3.8 times 10 to the 26 watts, right? Like, it's just a oh. ridiculous number. So I thought, well, let's explain it in terms of how much energy humanity currently uses, right? So currently, the, the power use of humanity is one thirty three trillionth the energy put out by the sun. Wow. Yeah. So 33,000 billion times how much we use right now. Yeah, so we don't really need this thing today or tomorrow or next year, right? This is the mm-hmm. kind of thing that would that would support a civilization with enormous energy consumption. You know, the kind of thing where you're like building huge spaceships and you're pushing them to other star systems with like lasers, you know, like light sails that capture laser beams. Like you would have an incredible amount of energy if you could really capture all of the energy output of the sun. Okay, I have a lot of questions, but first, let's take a quick break. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place 
full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. All right, so that's the Dyson sphere. It's this idea that you can maybe build a shell around the sun and capture all of the energy that's coming out of it. Yeah. And you would want to build it kind of far away from the sun because otherwise it would just melt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it would be humongous. It would be bazillion times the, the surface of the earth. It would, yeah, it would take exactly. a lot of stuff to, to build that shell. It would take a lot of stuff. It would be enormous. And there's a lot of other problems. Like problem number one is you'd have to be really strong. I mean, this thing is going to have a huge amount of weight on it, right? Yeah, like a, and, and just like it would get tossed around, right? Because it would have to hold together. Yeah, and it doesn't, uh, you wouldn't also have any gravity, right? Like the gravity we experience from walking around on Earth comes from Earth. But if you're if you build a huge shell the size of the Earth's radius and and build it around the sun, then it's balanced gravitationally, right? You don't feel it doesn't feel the sun's gravity. Um, there's no net gravitational force on it from the sun, so it'd be sort of like floating around the sun, nothing to keep it in place. Mm. Which means it could like drift, you know, and like one side of it could get too close and maybe bump into the sun or something. It'd be pretty right. hard to maintain. You need like jets on it to like keep it in the right place. Wow. I think an interesting idea is the just the idea that you can envelop a sun, right? Like it, you know, your intuition, my intuition tells me that if you covered up the sun, it would snuff out, but not so, right? Like you could. Yeah, the sun doesn't need any feedback, right? It's just pumping that right. energy out. It doesn't need, uh, doesn't need or care, uh, to, doesn't need to know or care about what happens to the photons and protons that it's flying out. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Like you, you could capture a sun, literally. Yeah, exactly. And it would burn happily inside your Dyson sphere, pumping out energy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's basically what we want to do here on Earth on a much smaller scale. I mean, that's fusion, right? Fusion says build a little plasma, make it really hot, have it burn, have it pump out radiation, which we then capture. That's energy. Um, So we want to do that. And, you know, we want to do that in a miniature way on Earth, in a controlled way. But we basically have a huge fusion furnace already, and it's going pretty well, and it's not too far away. So some people say, let's just capture that energy, right? Why have fusion here on Earth when it's already going in the center of the solar system? Let's just build a a whole lot of yada watts. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Giant trillion size shell yeah that sounds much easier yeah and uh and so you might be thinking also like all right well a huge shell sounds like too much like you don't need to complete the shell right if if you don't need 33 trillion times our energy what if you just build a partial shell right like i mean that's basically every solar panel right the one you have on your roof right now is a tiny little bit of a dyson sphere right it's a tiny little Mm -hmm. dyson sphere element so you might think we don't have to go all the way it's not like a you have just a few little solar panels or you have the whole thing you might just build you know part of a shell 
Mm, like half a shell or just a ring of the shell or a patch of the shell. Yeah, yeah. Like a good middle ground is like a ring and you can imagine putting them like in Earth orbit, right? So they're all in the same orbit so they don't bump around each other. You got a bunch of like really big solar panels in Earth orbit gathering all this energy um, and, and sending it back to Earth. But, you know, you were, you were saying earlier, like, and then you just put out a big cable. That's actually kind of a, a, a tricky problem. Like, how do you get this energy and bring it back to Earth? Mm, I don't know. You can't, you can't just run an extension cord? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you need a whole lot of Yada extension cords. Um, <laughs> yada, a no, yada mile. Yeah, a Yada mile. No, you need some sort of wireless energy transfer, which is pretty tricky. Mm. I mean, we know how to do this, but it's not, it's not that easy. Basically, it's lasers, right? For long-distance energy transfer, the only way we know how to do it is lasers. Mm. So, so you're saying, let's build a giant laser out in space. And point it at the Earth. And, and shoot and point it at the Earth. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, um, or you could think of it more like a magnifying glass, right? Basically, it's like take the sun's rays and focus them on the Earth, right? You know, so we're basically like, you know how you take a magnifying glass when you're a kid and like fry little bugs? We're basically doing that to ourselves. So it's, that's pretty dangerous, right? You need some sort of way to absorb that energy here on Earth in a safe way. And, you know, um, huh. there's a lot of things to figure out. But as usual, we could just leave that to the engineers. Okay, so let's see. Uh, you're saying it's kind of an alternative to... Wh- what if you just cover the, like the Sahara Desert? Wouldn't that set us up for the next billion years or something? That would set us up for a while, yeah. I think there are people who own the Sahara Desert, though, so they might have something to say about that. Um, yeah, they can move to Delaware if they want. I mean. <laughs> you are just solving problems <laughs> all over the place, man. You're just the global <laughs> Solutions by Jorge Cham. Um, no, go. we we definitely do not need this anytime in the near future. Like like we, if we right. invested in solar pa- power, we would be set up for a while. Oh, I see. You're saying we don't need it, but maybe aliens need it. Well, I'm saying we don't need it now, but like, let's think big, right? Let's think about like, what does humanity need in a thousand years, in a, in a million years? Oh. Let's if you're going to build this thing, you got to start thinking about it now, so you can figure this stuff out. And it's always oh, fun I to see. think aspirationally, like, could we build this? You know, is it possible? What technology would you need? Because often that spurs ideas, right? People are like, hmm, I wonder if you could transfer a laser from an orbiting ring of solar panels to the Earth. How would you do that? And then they get interested. Then they come up with some invention which makes, you know, for better hamburgers or something. But a lot of com- cool stuff comes out of just like thinking aspirationally. Mm, I see. You're saying like, what if uh, in a thousand years there are 33 trillion Yada people <laughs> in, in on Earth, and we need all that energy. Maybe we should think about these kind of crazy ideas in advance. Yeah, exactly. Before yeah, we have and, 33 yeah, we covered mil- Delaware, we covered the Sahara. <laughs> it's uh, not enough. Yeah, so you could do the whole sphere, which seems a little crazy because you need all this material. You could do a ring, right, of orbiting orbiting solar panels. It's sort of um, you know intermediate, um, but there's also a lot of other approaches. Like you could have a few rings, right. Have like different rings at different radius, or you know, orbiting in different directions, or something. They have to think about you know collisions and shadows and stuff like that. But that kind of stuff is pretty practical. Mm. Isn't that a famous science fiction novel, like the Ring idea, or yeah. was it a ring around the Earth? No, Ring World. Yeah, Larry Niven um, had this idea of a Ring World. I don't know if he had a sun in the middle of it or not, but uh, yeah, definitely you could build a ring and it could be spinning. You know, so you could live on it, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, okay, so that's one idea, a ring. You can also do like a patch, right? Or like small patches. Yeah, exactly. You have these small patches. And some people are thinking about the idea of 
Uh, they're not satellites, they're called statites because they don't move, but they're basically just big floating patches of solar panel. And they, they avoid um, float, falling into the sun because they partially absorb the sun's energy. That's where you get the energy for the solar panel, but they also partially reflect it. Right? Think about what happens when you reflect energy. Basically, you're getting a push, right? If a, if a photon comes and bounces off of you, then you're getting a little push from that photon. So if a, if a big solar panel is half reflective and half absorbent, then half the energy goes into, you know, electricity or whatever, and half of it keeps the solar panel from falling into the sun. So these things could basically like float on the solar wind, um, which I think is pretty cool. There's something beautiful about, about all these like huge, super thin solar panels out there floating on the solar wind, um, Half, half right. the energy keeping them alight and half of them the energy uh, keeping our televisions on. They're not floating around the Earth. They're just floating out in space. And we would kind of swing by them every year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they would be stationary with respect to the sun, right? They wouldn't be orbiting the way mm. we are. Um, and that would be pretty cool. Something, something really cool about that. Um, right. And I think the thing that got Freeman Dyson thinking about this is if aliens were doing this, how could we spot it? How could we tell if somebody was doing this? And initially you think, well, if they build a whole sphere, then they're blocking out their sun. We wouldn't even know their sun exists, right? So how would we even know anybody is there? Uh, there could be out there tons of stars covered up in these Dyson spheres. I mean, I'm sure they call it something different, unless Freeman <laughs> Dyson is an alien, which would explain his coolness. But um, yeah, right, like there could be stars out there that are covered up by alien civilizations. We just don't know it because we can't see them. Yeah, so he actually had a cool idea. He said, all right, if you build these things, it will block out the light of the sun. But if it's made of matter and it's absorbing the energy of their suns, then it's going to glow. It's going to get hot and it's going to give off infrared radiation. So you won't see the stars the way you normally would, you know, in the visible spectrum and all that stuff. But you would see sort of a black patch of, of sky plus a bunch of infrared radiation, which shows you that there's something hot there. No. <laughs> yes. Really? You would attribute that to an alien civilization building a shell the size, the size a giant shell around their CERN and not just some like hot rock? or. Well, how do you get a hot rock? How do you get something out in the middle of space, not next to a star, that's warm? Right. right? Aren't there stars that are like basically like uh, cinders kind of? Uh, yeah, there are some. Yeah. Well, this is the point of his paper. He's like, how could you see this? And he had the idea like, let's look for infrared radiation. And I'm sure, you know, reviewer number two had your reaction. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, but and he talks in the paper about like other things that might mimic the signal and how you could tell, etc. cetera. Um, wow. But it's a good idea, right? Like how else could you spot these things? Unless you saw them building it, right? Unless you watched them build it and you could see the star like winking out year by year as they're constructing this thing. That would be super awesome. Uh, but wouldn't it take them like hundreds of years to build it, right? I mean, even a, an advanced Well, we're talking about hypothetical super advanced aliens. I could say it to, it's anything, right? Maybe they spend like a million years building it and then it just like unfolds in one year or something, right? Who knows? <laughs> it's like a, just as we're looking at their star. <laughs> yes, you'd have to be super lucky, right? So I think either you're super lucky because you're seeing them build it or you see these things uh, radiated. And people have done this. People have like looked out in the night sky and said, are there places where all we see is infrared emission, right? Mm -hmm. And? And um, so people did this survey and they found 17 candidates. 
17 candidates, and um, most of them they were able to explain due to other astronomical things. You know, it's a dead star, or it's this, or it's that. But there were four candidates. I looked at the paper, and they described it in, the, in this way, and I had to quote it directly because I've never seen this in a scientific paper. But they say that four of these candidates have been named, quote, amusing but still questionable. Wow. Which means like that's, that's kind of what people call me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I feel so connected to the to the universe now. Yeah, I mean, it tells you what scientists find funny, but th- there is something hilarious about like finding things out there and not really understanding them, and like what is going on out there mm. in space. And the thing I love about looking out in space is that every time you do it, you find something weird. It's you're always surprised. Oh. There's always something weird out there. What, what do you think they meant by amusing but still questionable? I think they meant we can't rule out alien megastructure. And that's what's amusing about it, right? Like, it makes you seriously consider that, you know? And if you're an astronomer, we don't know what's out there. Oh, it's amusing in the sense of, like, it makes you think. Yeah. It makes you muse about it. Or it makes you hope, you know? Astronomers always have to keep in mind that they might that today might be the day they discover alien civilizations, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a low, it's low on the list, right? It's, they got to rule out a thousand other things first. But one day, mm. I think we will discover alien civilizations, right? And somebody will wow. be, it'll be today for somebody. It'll be right now for somebody. And uh, so you always got to keep that in mind, right? Wow. All right, let's get into it, but let's take a quick break first. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. 
Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Okay, so Dyson Spheres are uh, this idea that you can surround a whole sun with some kind of structure to capture all of its energy. And Dyson proposed this as a way to maybe detect alien civilizations. That's right. And he said, let's look for let's look for stars that might be blocked by alien megastructures. And so you're saying that we actually maybe found one of these stars. Yes. A couple of years ago, there were astronomers that were looking at stars and they saw this one and they were watching it. And the light from it did this weird thing. It wasn't constant, right? Most stars, the light from them is constant. I mean, you see a little bit of twinkling from the dust between us and them, um, but mostly the light's pretty constant. And astronomers look at these stars sometimes to see if they can spot planets in those solar systems. And the way they do it is they look to see if the planet goes in front of the star. And if that happens, you see a little dip in how bright the star is because it's basically a, a little mini eclipse. Mm-hmm. But that dip is like, you know, 1% maximum. Like if you were watching our sun from really far away and Jupiter went in front of the sun, the sun's brightness would dip like 1%. So this is the kind of thing people are doing. They're watching stars, looking to see if they dip. And then they found this star and they, they saw a dip, not 1%, not 2%, but like 20%, like a huge uh-huh. fraction of the star's brightness just went away. But then it came back. And then it went away again. And then it came back. And then like, Really? Yeah. How often? It's not regular, right? It's not like, you know, if, if a planet is orbiting a star and blocking it, then it's regular. And you can use that to figure out, like, how quickly does the planet orbit the star, right? What is the period of it? And they, they watch it um, for many periods, and they figure these things out. You can measure the mass of the planets. It's really awesome. But there was no pattern here. Right. There was like dips and then days that would go by when it would be bright again and then more dips would come. And then it was like mm-hmm. two years when there were no dips and then another huge dip came. And so people were like, what is going on with the brightness of this star? What is this? And so immediately that little voice in everybody's head was like, could this be it? aliens? <laughs> aliens. Could this be it? Could we be watching an alien megastructure be constructed? Really? That was the first thing that came to people's mind? Of course it was. Of course it was. Of course it was. Anytime you see anything strange, you're like aliens. (laughs) That's right. You're like, where are my keys? Oh, aliens. I've never seen a car like that before. Aliens. (laughs) What is this fruit called? Aliens. How did he do that magic trick? Card trick. Aliens. (laughs) Aliens. Exactly. How can one man eat so many bananas? Aliens. Aliens. Um, Yes, it's always on our minds, right? And of course, first thing they did is like, all right, let's kind of try to come up with other explanations. What else could explain Mm. this? And so they went through a long list of of reasons to explain it. But it's really unusual. We have not seen another star like this. It's not like you see this all the time, and so you have a bunch of ready explanations, right? People had to really stretch their minds to imagine how you could block like 20% of the light of a star and not be an alien megastructure. How do you know it was one star and not like two stars? Oh, I think they know the star pretty well. I mean, you could you can tell the difference between one star and two stars. I mean, two stars mm-hmm. would orbit each other. Um, I think you could resolve them, but I don't know. Does it matter? I don't know. I mean, um, <laughs> um, but what they I mean, saw I'm just was thinking, you know, hey, maybe let's consider other alternatives besides aliens. <laughs> <laughs> then what they did is they looked. They did something really interesting. Is they went back through historical measurements. They said, you know, people have been taking pictures of the night sky for decades and decades. 
And not all of it's digital and not all of it's as good as recent data, but we have pictures of lots of the night sky going back like a century. So what they did mm-hmm. is they went back and they looked for pictures of this star over the last hundred years. And what they found is that over the last hundred years, this star has been gradually fading. Like oh, getting less bright. Yeah, less Darker. bright. Like it's 20% less bright than it was a hundred years ago. Um, but it's steadily. Yeah, well, we don't have really constant data over the last hundred years, right? We have like a snapshot and then a snapshot and then a snapshot and a snapshot. Recently, because we've noticed the star is weird, people have been watching the star a lot more. And so they've been seeing a lot more of these dips and trying to understand them. Um, but the, the dips can be very dramatic and they're not regular. Um, and it's kind of hard to explain. All right. So, um, so you're thinking it could be aliens. It could be how, aliens, how would, right? How, how would aliens, what would aliens be doing? You're like just flipping the switch on and off, kind of like my kids do no, all the time. No, they would be building a Dyson sphere, right? Maybe. But why would it wrap, go on and off? Maybe they're partially, maybe they're partway done with constructing their Dyson sphere, right? And what we're um, seeing is this Dyson sphere like orbiting the sun mm-hmm. and blocking it, right? It's, it's irregular. So over the last hundred years, they've been building it up. And now you're saying it might be operational and it's rotating and that causes these dips. Yeah, exactly. And when the Dyson sphere is between us and their star is, is, when, the, is when, the, um, when the light from that sun gets dimmer. It's, it's, hard to ha- it's hard to come up with other explanations for irregular dips in the light. And so mm-hmm. l- let's go through them, though, because it's, um, in the end, people think it's probably not aliens, which is, you know, the story of every scientific discovery ever. Um, but there's not really one convincing explanation. Okay, so what are, what are the poss- possibilities here? The leading possibilities are that it's, a, it's a, like a lot of dust, like a huge cloud of dust. And, but it's not regular. It's not like our asteroid belt where like the asteroids are sprinkled all the way around the sun. It's some like asymmetrical cloud of dust. Um, you mean like a patchy, like a patchy, clumpy cloud yeah, of dust. Yeah, it's like spread out partially. But you know what you need in that case then? You need a Dyson vacuum cleaner, not a Dyson <laughs> sphere. Somebody clean up dust that is star your system. It's a mess. Got the best suction. <laughs> Maybe that's now what they're building. Now on sale for $99.99 if you use the code Dyson.com slash Daniel Jorge. Exactly, yeah. It's like Mega Made from Spaceballs. Somebody's cleaning up that system. Um, yeah, so like maybe like a huge patch of dust. And what they did is they mm. looked at the light from the star and they noticed that the light from the star is not dimmed equally across all wavelengths, right? Remember, light has different wavelengths from the reddish to the bluish and there's invisible wavelengths as well. Uh, it doesn't dip the same in all frequencies of light. Yeah. And, you know, one, the basic idea that Dyson had was let's look for light, let's look for stars that are basically only emitting in the infrared because that's what a huge megastructure would emit. But the, the direction of the spectrum, which light is absorbed and which light is coming out, suggests that it's dust. It looks like the kind of thing you would get if there was a big dust cloud. Mm, with maybe like pockets where the sun shines through. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the dips are. And so maybe what we're seeing is basically the profile of this dust cloud. But that's not really a satisfying explanation because like, where does this dust cloud come from? You know, most stars don't have dust clouds around them uh, for several reasons, like especially old stars, like young stars, if it's like just been formed, then it's being formed inside a huge cloud of gas and dust. Then yeah, you expect a lot of um, of gas and dust. So like stellar nurseries. So, wait, let me guess. Let me guess, Daniel. You think it could be aliens? <laughs> I always. I'm just gonna throw a random aliens. guess to what physicists might think it is. Aliens. Uh, well, you're both right and wrong. 
Like one possibility is, so, so the point is you don't get dust around old stars usually, right? Because mm. that dust gathers together and forms planets or, or even just gets blown away by the solar radiation, right? Like solar radiation pushes dust out of these systems. So maybe a planet blew up, right? Maybe it's aliens and they had a huge war and like one of them blew up the other one's planet. And what we're looking at is like planetary debris or something. What? That would be super awesome, right? From this fully operational battle station. <laughs> You're seeing the remnants of the Death Star. Yeah, but but before people get too excited about that one, that one doesn't really hold together because in that case, you would see it would be like warm, right? Because like a planet blows up, you, you got these big blobs of glowing matter um, and it would glow in the infrared, but we don't see that. So it's consistent with cold dust. Um which is kind of hard to explain. Like, we don't understand how you could get this weird, irregular blob of cold dust around a star. What if it was a planet destroyed by, like, a cold freeze ray? You know? <laughs> Aliens. What is that superhero that, uh, that shoots freeze rays? Yeah. Yeah, Iceman. The Iceman. Yeah, exactly. The Iceman came and froze their planet, and it shattered into a bunch of frozen <laughs> yeah, crystals. Yeah, I mean, yeah. might as well offer that as an explanation. I see. So you're scoffing at my explanation of aliens, and but instead, as a more likely explanation, you're suggesting the Iceman Superheroes. came and yes. froze their Superheroes. planet. Yeah, That's totally. what I always go to first. Superheroes. <laughs> superheroes. Yeah, that's true. I guess the cartoonist would go to superheroes first as an explanation. Um, I'm just saying, I think I think I should get a physics degree, you know? I bestow upon um, you from Daniel and Jorge University an honorary PhD in superhero (laughs) physics. Oh man, that should be a great product for a store. And and you know how how much value I put in honorary PhDs. Right, yeah. That's why you have three of them. (laughs) That's why I have exactly zero of them. Um, And so another explanation, another idea is that maybe it's just a really weird star. Maybe there's no dust there. Maybe Mm. the star is just like doing something weird inside of it. Like it's not glowing constantly. It has something weird going on inside. It's like flickering. You know, it's not burning Mm. consistently, but there's something inside that's like absorbing it, the energy, or it's sputtering a little bit. Um, It's like an unstable star. Yeah, yeah. some, Some kind of weird process that gives variable light. But the problem with all these explanations is that it's a big universe, and we've looked at a lot of stars, and we've never seen anything like this before. And so any Mm. process you propose to explain this has to also explain why it's only happening to this star and not to any of the other zillions and gazillions of yada and yadas of stars that we've seen, right? Right. Like if it's a cluster of comets or a planet that blew up, like you would expect if it's not totally um, impossible that it'd be happening dozens or hundreds or thousands or millions of times and we would have seen other ones. So that's the, the real puzzle. That's what makes this star interesting is that it really does seem unique, right? So maybe we're seeing something really, really unusual, right? That could happen. Um, or maybe it's aliens. Right, because you're seeing, we're seeing, we can see like billions and trillions of stars, right? There's just one of them that's doing something weird. Yeah, well, our solar, our um, galaxy has, you know, hundreds of billions of stars. That's a lot. And so um, we can't see all of them, of course. But yeah, we've observed a lot of them. And we've never seen anything like this. So it's pretty weird for one star to stand out in the galaxy. Wow. So it could be a giant alien Dyson sphere. Yeah, or it could be the, you know, the villain's lair for Iceman. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, ice alien. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right. So that answers the question, what is a Dyson sphere? And hopefully people out there found it amusing 
but not questionable. <laughs> That's right. And maybe someday we will build a Dyson Sphere and uh, aliens far, far away will be having a podcast talking about, could we see if they had built a Dyson Sphere around their sun? Um, you know, maybe humanity will be able to accomplish these great, enormous infrastructure projects and work together and not destroy ourselves. It makes me hopeful to think that one day we could, we could build such vast projects and, and have that much energy at our fingertips. Yeah, that would be cool. And it would spare Delaware. Like a refrigerator. <laughs> so everybody in Delaware, no need to pack up your bags anytime soon. We're not taking over. <laughs> That's right. Rest easy, Delaware. <laughs> Sleep well tonight. Another day when we didn't find aliens. All right, thanks for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.